0: what is going on guys welcome back to the mainstand podcast i'm one of your hosts mitchell we got josh we got pat and we are back for episode nine we got some fun stuff in store we're going to talk about uh the international break uh we've got some spurs fan therapy we've got a guest this week And uh, we've got a a weekend coming up that is full of gems. So we're going to dive, dig, dive, dip, duck, and dodge right into it. (laughs) Uh,
1: And uh, Josh, take us away. Well, I guess we should introduce our guest first, the one and only Austin Farwell. Austin, why don't you give uh, all the listeners a little background about who you are, how you kind of got into soccer, and uh, who you support.
2: Oh well unfortunately right now I'm a big Tottenham supporter hasn't been doing well this year um, but a little bit about me I'm from southern Maine grew up in Maine my entire life uh, went to the University of Southern Maine where I played soccer when I wasn't hurt battled a lot of injuries while I was there um, but yeah I, I've just always been a fan of soccer it's been my life and uh, currently I'm assistant coaching at a preparatory school in Bridgeton, maine and just trying to follow the game as long as i can right now
1: we'd love to see it future mauricio pochettino in the <sighs> ranks that
2: would be nice first Yo, ever austin. coach
1: on the main stand also austin you think you could do a better job than greg berhalter right now <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe honestly <laughs> i think it'd be hard not to do a job than him at the moment
1: yeah i think that's a a perfect segue to get right into my u.s men's national team fan therapy part two essentially because god we're dog shit
2: it's bad break
1: like cool we won last night that's like really awesome um Fuck, we look so bad still. We just look so bad. We just, I just want to puke, dude. Just want to throw up. Dude, the yeah. thing that's infuriating, I get CONCACAF qualifying is hard and it's different than all the other confederations, but we're playing like Panama and Costa Rica. We're not playing like Scotland and Wales, like some tougher sides in Europe. We're, we're playing islands, like, and can't get results. I mean, at, th- at least at least we picked up the three points at home. That is really important last night. But, like, I'm just still – like, every road game, I'm just, like, terrified of, like, what dumb shit Greg halter is going to do. Like, he, like, adores rotating for no good reason.
2: Yeah, I mean, watching changes watching the, the other night? Game, seven? Yeah. Yeah. It was something stupid. But, like, watching the Panama game makes you almost not want to watch U.S. soccer sometimes. It's, like – it's so disheartening to –
0: There's just no energy in the side. There's no, No. there's no want. And, and I think Greg, as Pat so eloquently (laughs) says,
1: stupid fuck. I hate him.
0: (laughs) He's not doing enough to put these guys in the best position to win morally um, tactically. I I think Pepe was a, a really huge bright spot over the last couple of games. But there, there just isn't anything screaming, you know, these guys are getting better. And I think when you have the names of Weston McKinney, like we've talked about this, like we have talent in our side that is playing in the top leagues in Europe, which which hasn't happened in a very long time. And then they come out and look flat. It looks like they're doing absolutely nothing to to put the ball in the back of the net or vice versa, keep it out. Uh, Pretty much the name of the game of football. Um, But I, th- I think like Jossie Zardes, I don't know what he's doing out there. <laughs>
1: if I ever see him <laughs> start again for us, dude. I'm gonna what the fuck you. is
0: Jossie Zardes
1: <laughs> doing to benefit this side right now? Absolutely nothing. Ugh. Are you guys worried that we're being sold a little bit of Uh, dreams that this team cannot fulfill I, I think having the expectations that this team right now in 2021 going into 2022 can perform at this like super high level because we have these guys playing in Europe is just wrong like I don't think at least myself personally I don't believe that like this current group at this age is going to really propel us forward like that. But at the same time, like, I just feel like they should be better than they are currently. Like, in another cycle and in, moving into 2026, I don't think it's getting ahead of ourselves to say that, like, we should be a lot better. And, like, we're not, I don't think we're going to be pushing for like the World Cup, but like, saying we could make the quarterfinals or like maybe even a semifinal in, in like five, six years with the core we have, I don't think that's a stretch, but I think maybe getting ahead of ourselves right now in this current moment, like definitely, but like this group of guys we have, like and the level of experience that a lot of them have, like we shouldn't be expecting more than we're getting. It's just disheartening to see like they're somehow like lower than my current expectations. Yeah. And the hard part for me is like, I enjoyed watching them, you know, beat Mexico in those two finals this summer. And that was like definitely a step in the, you know, completely right direction. But then you play like lower sides and it's the same U S men's national team we've got over the past six years that it's just inconsistency and losing dropping points in games. You should easily be winning. I was happy that, you know, Pepe kind of looked good again. um, In his outings, looks like he's going to Wolfsburg. Uh, So I'm happy to see him go to Europe. I think Pat is right in that just going to Europe, like doesn't mean you're necessarily good enough or that the U S men's national team is like exclusively going to be great just because they have players in Europe. That's not the case. Um, I am excited to see him go over there. Um, I think the the less MLS players we have in the starting 11, I think the better Um, that's just my, my simple opinion, but we are still miles off of it.
0: Yeah, and I, and I don't mean like just because they're there means that we should have an outstanding team. Really what I mean by that is I think they have better access to improve. It's not going to be an overnight thing, but you're exposing yourself to better competition uh, both for your role in the side and on the on the field against your opponents. You have better training facilities and the game is just more robust across the pond. And I think it just gives them that little extra edge than playing in the MLS or staying in the States and exclusively, you know, just trying to grow their game and get to the, the men's national team locally. Um, But I, I don't know. I, I, my thought right now is like, are we being too critical of this side because of the names that we do see? And they're kind of more put on a pedestal. Now they're, they're easier to access, more people are following it. So I guess, are there more expectations or are we, are we COVID critical in the time that like, okay, in the last two years, we haven't seen them improve while on lockdown, what, whatever it may be. Like we've seen people slip up with Weston McKinney. Like, is it, is it, is it a sign of the times or are we just being too
1: critical in general? I I don't know I I think that maybe we're being a little harsh because like at the end of the day we're still second in our group and like my prediction of us like barely getting out it feels like that's not going to be the case it feels like they're going to qualify for the world cup at least which is good but at the same time like the flat performances like the guys that like should be performing at a really high level just like not really doing that like like josh pointed out you know being mexico in two finals over the summer and then like wanting to really come out and make a statement that like we're here and like we're trying after not qualifying in the fashion we did in the last go around it it just doesn't feel like the the men's national team is like playing as well as we all know they can despite like the levels they're currently reaching. And I think that's tough. And then I, I think it maybe doesn't help their case winning those two finals. Cause I feel like we're expecting a lot more out of them seeing what they, the level they can produce at, but no Pulisic and no Reina too. I mean, that's a point we have to make like every time we've, we've talked about the men's national team these past couple of games is two really, really big losses. I don't, I don't, don't think guest is playing fully fit either. We saw last night, yeah. you know, another little knock on his ankle and another little time where it looked like he just like wasn't fully up to the pace like throughout the full 90. So mm-hmm. I think maybe a fully fit side with like a Zach Steffen who's like got rhythm and like a regular attack and like solidified midfield. I think it's a little bit different, um, but you know, overall I'm just not sold on him yet. It's a little bit of a fear of complacency and repetition too, isn't it? Like um, a little bit of fear of the past. I think that's why yep. so many people got um, mad at Weston. Um, It's not that, you know, we are disappointed in him for that, you know, that mishap in the last break. Uh, but it's ultimately just like you're wanting him to be better and different than the last generation. That's why we're upset. It's not that we're like, you know, totally against him or whatever. It's that we've saw like why the U.S. failed in the past 15 years. And we don't want this young group of players that has potential to get to that next level of international football to do the same exact thing. And that's why we get scared again when we draw and drop points against like the Costa Ricas and the Panamas of CONCACAF, we get scared that the same thing is happening over again. And I think that's completely fair from the US fans point of view.
0: I I is- I, I think everybody wants the success. Everybody wants to see these these guys grow and succeed and go out and put on a performance that American soccer fans can be proud of because I I think internationally we kind of get the, the shaft when it comes to soccer and in the game of football. And it's like, it's not your sport. What are you doing? Um, So, I mean, we have, we have talent, we have the support and I think it's just a, the flat performances really do need to stop. I think they need to go out and show what they can actually do because everybody's seen it. And I think if it keeps going the way it is like I, I, again we've give, given them that two year window if we if we look at what the team's doing a year from now and they're still doing the same thing something needs to change something definitely needs to change to put you us a like, position <laughs> to grow yeah, yeah part, exactly part of me that. thinks that they
2: they haven't found the right guy to be running the team like 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 Pat says like yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if Greg's the man to be exactly uh, <laughs> bringing this in that, in team that, to the next level.
1: In that light, Austin, and uh, as someone who is now coaching, I know it's probably not the uh, the same level. But are we being too harsh on Greg Berhalter as a coach? Like, have you seen in your experience coaching and being coached at like a higher level than any of us have played at the collegiate level? Like, how much does having a coach that like either knows what they're doing or doesn't know what they're doing really play into things and like as now a coach like how much does like your experience like matter to the sides that you're uh, like teaching to play the sport and basically telling like this is how we're going to do things
2: I I mean ultimately when it comes down to it soccer is a player's game and you can do as much as you can throughout the week but when you get to the game day it's up to the players to follow through with it but i think i think coaching's a lot bigger than some people realize and i think you're i think we're completely right to be kind of on greg i mean i've played against teams where you know the coach isn't a full-time coach he's a science teacher as well and he just does it because he he like played soccer when he was younger and he likes soccer and you can tell the difference of level of play (laughs) compared to a coach that all they do is soccer and all they know is soccer and you know they have the licensing and stuff to prove it but then again licensing doesn't also you know mean a lot uh i mean if you look at unh's program right now that they were just ranked second in the country for uh, division one soccer and their head coach doesn't have any licenses so i mean ultimately i i think it is a pretty huge impact especially on the sideline too you got to have that guy that you know, can keep the team kind of in line. And when it's you know, when it's starting to fall apart a little bit to rally them back up, like, like you've said, they they look flat and it doesn't look like they have that like push from someone. They they need
0: to know their players. They need to know what makes them tick. You need to know who you have on the bench, who you have on the pitch and what they're going to do for each other.
2: It's a very psychological thing. Like and And
0: it doesn't even need to go noticed. Like, you can do it completely without the players knowing what, what is going on. But as a manager, you see what those things are that, you know, like when two players link up really well, you're the one that sees that. I don't know necessarily if they're going to see that in game or if they're doing something that's working. And I don't know if Greg is adding that little bit of motivation to the side to say, hey, this is how we can, we can, we can attack these weak points when when we come up against side X, Y, or Z.
1: I also feel like Greg does not have the charisma as a manager, kind of like Farwell pointed out. There's things that go beyond just licensing and knowing the game. It's managing your team, managing your players, and managing that locker room in hard times. You know, the guy who does have the charisma to manage a side like that and have the weight of the U.S. on his shoulders? A lad named Jesse Marsh. I was thinking Austin Farwell, but... Austin Farwell's a <laughs> Jesse that- Marsh works too. <laughs> Marsh would be a great manager for the United States. Yep. I just think anyone that isn't Greg Berhalter
2: would be a good manager. I mean, like, yeah, fuck, I dude, I feel all, like I can fucking do it. Uh, I think ultimately at the end of the day, that's what it's kind of coming down to. And I, th- I think eventually if it keeps kind of going at this like mediocre level, you'll see a change, but hard, hard to say.
1: Speaking of yeah. uh, managers in question, how about we move over to England some UEFA world cup qualifying and talk <clears throat> about Gareth South South Now this is a, a manager that's definitely been called into question. Um, you know, after the euros, especially uh, England have drawn two out of the three last games. Do we think he's the man to take England to the world cup next winter? No, but I don't know who else is available. And that's my take on it. I think at this point, with like the time that Southgate has invested into the squad, it doesn't feel like he's lost the locker room. It feels like he's like bare minimum. He's got the trust of some of the players there. Um, I I don't, I don't think that it's the right call to sack someone's like this close and in like right in the middle of qualifying when like they are still doing, they're still doing, they're getting the job done. They're top of the group still like they're performing relatively well at the international level in their group. I don't, I don't think that now is the time to sack him. And I, I also think that, like, maybe... He, like, he has shown that, like, he kind of gets it. So I don't think that it necessarily is, like, a a sack him situation. But I
2: think... It's definitely not an emergency situation right now. Yeah, exactly.
1: It, it's not an emergency for them. But at the same time, he's not amazing. Yeah, and for me, so... I don't know about you guys. England is the, you know, the major team I support when it comes to watching international footy because it's the team you resonate the most with. It has the Premier League guys. Um, what's frustrating about Southgate is yes. Uh, for the FA to justify keeping him, they have a completely sound case. He made a semifinal of a World Cup and a final of a Euro, lost on penalties. Uh, that's levels that England have not reached in time. And that's a, that's a serious accolade for him but I think where people get frustrated is one, his style of play with the talent he has just doesn't suit it at all. Uh, and then two, he's just a, a frustrating manager. And you feel like England are in this like prime of golden players and that we should be winning those finals and that his tactics are what is deciding us losing like in it like against Italy this summer. You know, a lot of people felt like his tactics were the reason that, you know, England didn't go on and win that match and do better in the group stage and all of those things. Um, so I think that's a little bit why people are frustrated. For me, I would have got rid of him after the Euros and said, you know, thank you for all you've done, but we're going to look for someone else to win the World Cup. At this point, I think the FA are going to stick with him. Yeah, I think he at least gets through the world cup cycle unless there's like a collapse and like they finish like third in their group and they just like lose a bunch of games or or like you know a random scandal comes out or he just like completely loses the rock locker room over some shit like i don't see southgate going anywhere until then until the at least the end of the world cup i tell you what though newcastle they could they could look take a hard look at southgate that would be hilarious actually i think that would be really funny I, I'm with Potter's that.
0: name's been thrown into the mix there too.
1: I saw that, but overall, um, I mean, you know, Southgate—it's—it's it's a tough one to call. I feel like fans are definitely frustrated, especially when England are drawing games and qualifying. Just when you have that much talent on the field, it's kind of hard to justify, you know, not winning in any scenario. Um, mm-hmm. that's all I had on that one though. Yeah, I do. I do want to make one more note about this game because I like to highlight when City players do cool things. Um, at the John Stones got interviewed against uh when they played their game against Hungary, and as we know, the Hungary fans are racists. Um, and you know they asked him his opinion on the fans, and he like pretty point blank was like, "I have nothing good to say about their team or their fans as a whole," and I think that was really cool. Fuck racism. Anywho, um, let's talk about something that i'm gonna get a lot of joy out of and that's <laughs> hearing austin complain about tottenham <sighs> it's happened again it's happened again <laughs> tottenham hotspur it's happened again austin. yeah
2: i mean i'd like to make this short and brief to be honest but it's just it's a touchy subject um especially you know i think it all fell apart when we lost to austin Arsenal the other day or a couple weeks ago it was I was uh we were on a road trip and we were watching that at lunch and I got harassed by everyone it was awful um I don't know I I think I think the manager choice I I like him honestly I think it was a good choice um I think the biggest thing that's hurting us right now is is we should have got rid of Kane and I think we should have used him we're not gonna get him for as much money now at this point he's not playing as well uh he he could turn it around but I think we should have taken him when we could have gotten 100 million for him and use that to buy into better players
1: yeah you pointed it out too it's, it's not necessarily Nuno I think Nuno's a class manager I think Daniel Levy the owner is the problem for he's being a pocket boy and you know trying to make as much money as he can on Harry Kane and I don't think that's the tactic man
2: no and and his value is only gonna go down I mean he's had a a couple good years I'd say probably the last five years he's been pretty good with last year you know winning the golden boot that's probably the peak Harry Kane that you're gonna see and then at this point seeing him play right now and really seeing him not even want to there almost it's we're not gonna get as much money for him and i think we missed out on a big opportunity to to use that money to get someone class that's gonna actually help us out a lot how much longer do
0: you see him wearing the uh the armband and who would you rather see it well
2: usually uh hugo wears it um he does yeah usually hugo has it if hugo's out um kane has it but um it 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 kind of shocked me that they kind of gave it right back to him i mean there were a couple games that i think it was in the conference league that he was the captain again it was like you had him all summer kind of fighting to leave it doesn't it doesn't seem like a good move for leadership on my part but yeah
1: i feel like that doesn't inspire a ton of confidence in the side when this dude who is like pretty publicly trying to leave the club and, like, wasn't showing up to training however, like, planned his vacation was and how known it was that he would be showing up, you know, to training at those times. And just, you know, the complete disappearing act he did on all social media until, you know, he was like, I am committed to the future of Tottenham kind of thing. Um, Yeah. it, It just seems like you know, maybe Nuno or, and something, you know, the, the play, other players could, should be like, he's not really all here. Like give the captain's armband to someone that cares. Yeah. And if it's not on Hugo, man, you got to look, take a hard look at uh, Hinman San. What a class player. And he, he has dedicated, you know, his career now at this point to Tottenham, re-signing, yeah. you know, dedicating his allegiance there. He's been a wonderful servant to the club, wonderful talent. Uh, he's the player I think you build around, you, you know, you put yeah, him on the wing I mean, and build around him and you're, you're letting Kane just come back into the team and kind of take that leadership off him. And it's like, Oh, that just is, it's so ingenuine.
2: Yeah. I think, I think Hugo, uh, not Hugo, uh, son's definitely a much better leader at this point. And I mean, he, he's, he's probably one of the classiest players in my opinion. Uh Like definitely. I don't, you there's not many people in the premier league that, like everyone can say i don't have an issue with him he's he's a wonderful person he's a great player it it's just one of those guys and i think it's kind of a shame that we gave it back to the guy that you know doesn't even want it really he says he's dedicated to playing and trying to get Tottenham better but like it's all for show to be honest
0: his play hasn't, hasn't shown that at all this year. You know, no, he's, like, uh,
2: like he's scoring goals in the Europa conference league. It's, it's a joke. You can't score anything in the premier league. Now it went from golden boot to just awful golden shit.
1: <laughs> it's the body language for me too. I mean, those games against Chelsea and Arsenal literally just didn't look like you wanted to be on the
2: pitch. No, no. It, him. I think our back line needs some work. I'll I'll die on my grave, or I'll die. Eric Eric Dyer, he makes me just want to die inside. He, he, he's one of the worst. I I just hate him. I hate every part of him. You know, some people say he's not a bad player. I just have never liked him as a center back, or really on the field. <laughs> <laughs> you know he doesn't do many good things there's not many games i'm like wow eric dyer was really good this game my man of the match goes to eric dyer is
1: something i don't think i will ever hear austin say <laughs> um uh, so I, get, I guess a question i have for you because i'd like to kind of circle back um to 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 the Kane thing again for the the you know the the selling him and getting the money so Kane goes in the summer um do you think if you had sold Kane and you you know you invested that money in say two or three squad players one of which probably including a replacement um where do you think that that would have gone and and I mean obviously you'd probably be in a better position than you are in now but how much better do you think the side would be without Kane like realistically
2: I mean, realistically, if you look at the tables right now, we're—I mean—we're three points out of the second place. It's—we're not drastically out of it at this point. I think we—I think we're probably a little higher in the tables. I don't think we're at the top of the league, um, but I think a couple extra players are going to help us out a bunch. I think a new—who'd we sign? We signed Romero. I—I I haven't seen much of him play in the Premier League. Um, but I think he's gonna be good. Um, I think I hated that uh, Alderweireld left. I really liked mm-hmm. him at our in our back line. I think he was a really good player. Um, but I think new forward, maybe a better winger to help out Son. Um, I think Lucas and Bergwijn are they're class players, but I don't think they have that like extra where they're Mm. you know winning you a ball game all the time they'll win you a ball Mm -hmm. game every once in a while but they're not winning you a game consistently you know
1: if you had got the money this summer I think the players you take a look at were Danny Ings who you missed the boat on Daniel Mallon who you missed the boat on he already went to PSV Bellingham's probably out of your price range in the midfield you have you know Eves Basuma who looks like he's going to prison now (laughs) <laughs> you missed the mark on all the players you actually needed to sign, and now they're all unavailable. They're all gone. They're Way they're to go, Levy.
2: Da- Danny Yangs would have been class with us. He's so good. I- if he has, like, a good team around him, he- he's scoring goals. He-, he-, he reminds me of, like, a little bit better of Giroud, in my opinion. I love Danny
0: Yangs, I-, I rate the hell out of Danny Yings. He's- he was a lot of fun to have at Liverpool while we had him, although we didn't see much um uh, just because of the way the team was when he was here uh, but you know i i feel bad for for the position tottenham's in i just like just with how it's gonna much it's going to be a hard one
2: to get out of
0: it is and with how much weight i i feel like the the harry kane i would call it a debacle at this point had on the summer transfer window i just feel like it just kind of puts that little black mark on on tottenham and it just i do feel bad for the spurs fans i really do it's i don't a good place it's not a good place to be in it's (laughs) if 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 you were uh if your ownership who's the one player you want to go out and get right now
2: Uh, i don't know it's tough because there's not a lot available at the moment um in your price range especially (laughs) yeah that that's the other issue i mean if we had sold Kane for the 100 million that we could have got three decent players that would have helped out a lot um who just went to psg hakimi i think we we were talking to him for a little bit i i had heard i thought um i think he would have been pretty good i would have liked to see him but um I don't know. I'd I'd have to actually take a look at like kind of who's getting out of clubs and who's available at the moment.
1: I'll I'll give out a couple good ones. You're going to have to either get young players or players on the back half of their career that just want to leave and get another chance. I mentioned it last week with Newcastle, Phil Coutinho twerking for the Premier League. He's flirted (laughs) with the London teams before. He would be a good addition. Second, he would. He would Wilf, be Wilf Zaha to the front line. You could get him for Palace for pennies from what he was worth a couple of years ago, and he would. You can't tell me he wouldn't be a good addition. To no,
2: he line. he would be a good one. I I would like that a lot, actually. You,
1: you got to look for those bargain kind of type guys that are you know. well,
2: it's like it's like Danny Ings. Yeah, he would have been such a good pickup. Like he was scoring tons of goals with Southampton. Southampton. Well, wasn't that great last year? What's Ivan still, Tony's
0: contract situation looking like?
2: Uh,
1: someone's going to buy him Ivan, in the summer. I don't know Ivan, what his contract Ivan
0: is. Ivan Tony. I feel like that might be even a a really good fit. I feel like he would link up well with Son.
2: That's the thing. We need to find someone that can have a good connection. Like, like Son and Kane's connection last season was super. It was super, super, super good. And now it's just – it's almost non-existent right now pain yeah not for me but... nah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sit on your golden throne i, I will <laughs> i love it it's so comfortable cost you a billion dollars to get there but it's fine yeah hey man <laughs> how many times have you seen
1: tottenham win a premier league i've seen city win four
2: uh, you know, we can't just get out the checkbook every time we want a championship. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you, should, you should move on. You should move on to something else. Well, at least – oh,
1: I was going to say at least Pat doesn't have to do an Amazon documentary, but Pat did have to do an Amazon <laughs> yeah. Right, but I got to at least see us win a couple trophies in the Amazon doc. I'm excited got- to watch the Tottenham one because the, like, first 10 minutes are going to be great because you won your annual – we beat man city trophy and then the rest of the documentary is going to be hysterical hey we beat man city this year too yeah you get, you won your annual we beat man city trophy <laughs> and then you didn't win anything else
0: therapy so. just turned into a barrage of banter this was I like just...
1: for soprano fans out there this was like uh chris maltasanti therapy it was a like group therapy that just went very poorly Fucking.
2: Turn a 180 there yeah yeah I, mean, I, tried, I tried to keep it classy but you know city guys I, they don't they don't have any no class behind them
1: i was gonna keep it civil with you on the podcast <laughs> all right we got one more person that's got a team that they support that fucking stinks so josh tell us how you feel these man them out here in saint paul are pissing me off to a new level my guys I watched them this weekend. I've been watching them, you know, week in, week out, you know, all season long. I'm an MLS guy now. First season really being an MLS fan. Give these guys a chance. They started off the season piss poor. Went on a huge run. It was electric through summer. You know, Robin Ludd, Emmanuel Reynoso, Franco Fragapone. These guys are ballers, man. And when they want to, they're really good. They have been so dreadful lately. It has been so miserable to watch. Three wins out of 10, and the biggest thing here, this weekend. So this this statistic is one of the worst I've ever seen in my life. They're 0-2-1 on two points from an available nine against teams that have got a red card. They have gone 170 minutes with a man advantage without scoring. Almost two entire games. Farrell just dropped out of the call, but we are going to push on and ignore it. I'll he, be right uh, back. he told me he's going to get his phone charger or his laptop charger. So he'll, he'll be back momentarily. Okay. We push yeah. on. Josh, you should just hide, hide the box until he's back. Just click the little eye. Technical difficulty folks. Okay. Stand by. There we go. Boom. We go. Perfect. You can edit that and post. No post today. <laughs> anyway, so this weekend, uh, we are up one nothing with thirty minutes to go. The other team gets a red card, so we're up one not one nothing. Thirty minutes to go, up a man. We lose that match three to one. That's the, <laughs> probably the most surprising result I think anyone could have imagined at home as well, in front of the Wonder Wall, which is one of the hardest places to play in the MLS. They brought it really? on this Marios kid who won a penalty, scored a goal, and then chipped our keeper with a header and rolled it in for another assist for the third goal. Adrian Heath's changes were piss poor, which makes sense because he's, you know, from Everton. Um, it was literally just an all-around shocking performance, and now we're seventh place in the West. We have the last playoff spot right now, and it is looking grim. I can't go to another game until – playoffs are decided and it doesn't look like we're going to get a home playoff game so it might uh might be the end of the matches i get to go to but i don't even know if we're going to make the playoffs at this point so i needed to get that off my chest it's been a tough go you know as of late just uh fly out when the revs are in the mls conference final the mls cup final we got you doug yeah
0: you can go sit in the fort and enjoy a, a real mls experience
1: it's so bad, man. I, I love the MLS because it's so, I don't know, up and down and different. Terrible. League. It's, it's, it's it, so terrible that it's a really good time. Yeah. This team it's like, just It's like watching winter, winter high school soccer. That's a deep cut. <laughs> this why that's the main stand, though. We got these main references. It's a deep cut. You've got me out there running around playing striker.
0: I supported you.
1: Yeah, I we were.
0: I, I was a ball boy.
1: That's true. You were boy. a ball boy. We're um, gonna get right. I think we're gonna be pretty uh, brief on the the Minnesota United chat today. We can dive yeah. right into the weekend preview. We
0: got uh, a lot coming up this weekend.
1: There's yeah, a couple got, of good ones out here. Yeah. You guys can take it away with the first preview. I I don't have anything to say about Liverpool. Yeah, half seven kickoff on Saturday morning. I'll be missing this one. I will be in the air uh, going to Boston. Fabinho and Allison are going to probably be missing for Liverpool. So, uh, Koweif, Kelleher uh, is probably going to start in goal and probably Hendo in the six. I uh, could be wrong there. Liverpool have won four out of their last five against Watford. Um, They've obviously had those two draws consecutively against Brentford and Man City, but, you know, I think we'll bounce back here. What do you think, Mitch? I, uh,
0: I, I agree with you, especially if we have Trent back, have, have our solid back line. Um, you know, Watford's a, a decent side. It's, again, one of those games we always seem to struggle with, but ultimately end up getting the three points. I think this one will be a little bit easier. Definitely have to feel some type of way um, coming off the draw with City. It was just a cracking match. Uh, regardless, like obviously the guys want to go out and get three points every week, but I think that's one of those games where you 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 earned that point, you know. So I I don't think they're on on their heels at all. I think they're going to come out swinging, uh, and I'd love to see a thrashing here. I would love to see you know four one.
1: Yeah, they're generally pretty bad score lines too. The games we have won in in those last four out of five, we win big. Um, So we're introducing kind of a new segment this week. We're going to mix this in while we're going through the preview. Uh, Rick's picks. So for those of you that don't know, I write betting articles. Uh, You know, we're in the betting game. So for this one, I have Liverpool minus 1.5. For those of you not in betting, that means Liverpool are going to win by more than a goal. So I'm expecting a multiple goal um, advantage from Liverpool. That's odds of plus 105. So that means if you bet a hundred, you get hundred and five back in return. In addition to the hundred you put down,
0: that's what we call in the business a lock.
1: Correct, mortal lock.
0: And Farwell has rejoined us. Sorry that's... about that. Let's get let's get Farwell back and back in the mix.
1: Farwell is back. back. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's we are a logistics shit. company. <laughs> <laughs> we are
2: technologically savvy because yeah, we're millennials
1: I, uh, yeah i do you think uh
2: we, did you move on from minnesota yeah, yeah we, finished we up we in minnesota. minnesota
1: now we're in the weekend preview uh and we, we got through liverpool
2: too watching. so you couldn't chirp
1: can, so can let's i let's just move oh, right man, on I, to no, no, no 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 let's
2: go let's go back to liverpool for a second yeah what are <laughs> you gonna say uh no nothing nice it's it's usually just irrational, <laughs> irrational and unfactual. Nothing um, nice. <laughs> um, but regarding your the Minnesota, um, I've seen a lot of stuff, especially around the Portland area, that they're trying to make uh, promotion and relegation into the MLS thing in the next couple of years. With the NWSL. Not the yeah, The women USL. are gonna come up. Oh, to the
0: not the No, not <laughs> sorry. Fuck me,
2: dude. But uh, the what? US USL USL. That's
0: what it is. Yeah. So
2: like the big thing, Fuck like me. they're bringing they're bringing the USL to Portland in the next couple of years. But um, I've seen a lot of stuff regarding um, Who? I guess in the FIFA bylaws, if a FIFA sponsored league or if a league is to be sponsored by FIFA, they have to have the option for promotion and relegation. And a lot of the USL clubs are starting to potentially put a lawsuit together oh, wow. towards the MLS to allow it, which I think would be.
1: That's kind of electric. I, I like that, man. The- I mean, yeah, USL the they doesn't... have some fire merch. I'm just going to say that. And the USL does
0: promote and relegate too, right? There, there are sub, Like like the USL, Uh, no, I don't I don't think they promote
2: Portland. I don't think they promote and relegate. They just have they have the different divisions, but they don't allow change in the divisions. Austin
1: is spot on. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. So that was fun talking about
1: America for a second again. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, sorry about that. Let's go back to Europe where the football doesn't blow. (laughs) Uh Next game on our preview list here is one that we barely have to spend any time on because it's like super cut and dry. Man City versus Burnley. Um we literally fucking murder Burnley every time we play them. Uh 4-0 City. That is all. Uh Sean Dyche. Arg Arg Arg. It's <laughs> his year to get fucking relegated. Get out of the prem, Sean. I fucking hate you. Rick's pick. Foden to score plus 110 those odds also are ridiculously uh good uh I cannot fathom that Foden is that likely to score but I like him in this game because he's hot and he likes scoring on Burnley though that's the thing
2: exactly yeah I I think I'm probably saying city are going I'd say city three nothing
1: that's, that's a fair score. That's and I was leading toward three, but, like, we put five past him, like, four out of the last five games we played him. You're one of those teams that just doesn't have a problem with Burnley. A lot of, you yeah. know, like, Liverpool no. struggle against Burnley. You we have all no kill, the Burnley. We absolutely murder Burnley, and I I'm just adore it.
0: I'm just ready for a Sean Dyche uh, masterclass, Burnley 3-1. Yo,
1: Burnley <laughs> beat City three-one at the Etihad. I will not be on the the show next next week. No, I'll, be
2: on, got, no. I'll I'll fill in for you because you are gonna need a mental break after that one. I'll be Just doing. Just pull the ball
1: up to Chris Wood for ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up here, we've got Leicester and Man United. Um, this one feels like it should be fun, but
2: Leicester are like pretty meh right now. I mean United's pretty meh at times too. Um Yeah, but United are just like I a think United side. Yeah, they they have the better goal scoring threat too. Um I think I mean realistically Leicester rely a ton on Jamie Vardy and it's it's kind of easy to lock down when you know one person's their main threat or your main right. threat. Uh I mean as much as I don't like United, they got the likes of, you know, Pogba, Bruno Rashford's that on the bench now. That, Rashford's that, about to come back. That new yeah, dude, Ronaldo, whatever God
1: his name is. <laughs> I'm just saying that man, Jamie Vardy, doesn't play international football anymore. He's going to have some fresh legs.
2: That is true. It's true. I, honestly, I could, I could picture it going for like a 1-1 draw, but I think realistically, it's probably going to be 2-1 United.
1: Yeah, I have this one over 2.5 total goals. That's a uh, minus 130 odds. So, we're taking minus odds here, but uh, you know, this one's a uh, pretty much a lock. So, I like it. And then next up, Everton West Ham. I like this one. I like this game. I think I like this, this game one a lot. has potential to be the best Premier League game of the weekend, I think. I don't think there's a ton of other fixtures that like feel like they should be as close as these two. Um, Everton are feeling pretty good. West Ham are kind of on the downtrod after a pretty hot start to the season. So I think that it's one team wanting to keep some momentum and another team kind of trying to pick it back up so I can see both sides really going for it here. Josh, what, uh, what do you think? Yeah, so um, West Ham lost their last match to Brentford, a last minute heartbreaker at the Olympic Stadium in London. Um, I think they bounce back against Everton, though. I think West Ham is a a really good threatening side, and I think they're going to have a really good year this year. And I think, you know, this is going to be one of those games where there's a little bit of a gut check. Like, do you go on a downward spiral a little bit, or do you bounce back from a loss? I think they bounce back. Um, I don't have a money line or spread pick. One thing I think that is a mortal lock because of Everton's shamble defense and uh, little arms and goal. I think Antonio is a lock to score at plus 185.
2: Yeah, hey, I, mean, I could have, couldn't agree more there. Farwell. What are you going to no, say? No, I I was going to say the same thing. I think I think my I think I'm favoring West Ham in this one.
0: No. I think they need it. I think they need it and I I think Antonio, he's kind of he's been that key piece obviously to start this hot. So I think if he's able to kind of bounce back after the last few weeks with the red card, slow play, um, not really able to capitalize on those big chances. I think we um I think we do see West Ham bounce back here. With with the goal from Antonio. Correct. He's gonna net two. I'm gonna have him net two. Oh wow.
1: I'm not gonna say a word about Antonio because if I put him on a fantasy team, he's gonna get another red card. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to switch gears now to the Bundesliga. I'm going to take care of this one just because we have uh two special teams, Leverkusen and Bayern, uh 2 versus 1 in the Bundesliga. But, you know, Bayern it's not worth betting the money line because they're bound to win every single game, they're favored by a ton every single game. I think the more valuable pick here is over 3.5 total goals minus 125. And you know what, guys? That was talking Bayern. I was talking Byron. Can I talk Leverkusen for just a second? Because I'm you someone. Can. You can. I do social media for a living. So um, this week, uh, the like red flag trend started on social media. And Leverkusen uh, shared one. <laughs> and it was like a bunch of red flags. And it was like, I don't watch the Bundesliga. And then someone quote tweeted them. And they were like, it's a one team league. Everybody sells all their best players to Byron anyway. And they quote tweeted that person and were like, we haven't sold a player to Byron since 2004. And then someone replied to that one and was like, that just means you haven't produced a top talent since 2004. And Leverkusen's admin had time. So he quote tweets that person and goes, the last top talent we produced literally scored the game winning goal in the 2021 Champions League final. And I just want Whoever runs that Twitter account, buyer Leverkusen English. I want them to get a raise. They're so good at their job. job. We need to do like a draft of best admins. There's (laughs) some pretty shit
0: ones out there, but I've seen some fantastic ones. Roma
1: and Leverkusen like very easily take the cake, like top two. I, I was just talking about Roma the other day because they do like the little like uh, almost like milk carton thing where they put like missing persons on all their transfer announcements because those get the most engagement. I think yeah. that'd be
0: really cool. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, I think my top admin has to be Barca for blocking, blocking Josh the fuck out of Josh. <laughs> <laughs> they they were very easily.
1: it took about 21 corner taking quickly gifts and they they gave me the block (laughs) they're like yeah we've had it we've had it that's
2: soft that's so soft 21 that's a pretty low number they did unblock me but what so so that means you gotta get blocked again yeah you're right back into it
1: i need to make fun of
2: Pedri also uh not to i not that i really want to bring it back to tottenham but the their game this week i think is going to be really huge for morale uh they play newcastle which is luckily they're not the new newcastle with the amount of money that they've just inquired but uh it's really going to be a big game for them i think uh it's definitely a game that they can win but if we defend soft say Maximin you know, he, he's always a threat up top yep. Gucci headband
1: <laughs> going over to Italy, Josh's favorite league this year. Yes. Uh, we've got Lazio and Inter. Yeah. It's kind three. of a top, a top six matchup here. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah that's Inter, Inter unbeaten in the Serie A too. Yeah. They've adapted well, you know, in life without <laughs> Lukaku. Latoro Martinez kind of stepping up and, you know, a lot of other good players, uh, they're still a tough side. They're not going to compete in the Champions League, but there's no reason they can't give Serie A another go. And like I've said a million times, Serie A is wide open. I mean, the only
0: reason it enters unbeaten is because Fiorentina caught the red card last week.
1: (laughs) Once you lose Vlahovic or whatever his name is, you are done for. This whole bet you have with Pat is in the trash can. That's not even a bet. I'm just going to be like so angry if Mitchell's like random, like almost out of his ass fighting for top six claim at the start of this podcast comes to fruition. I'm going to freak out. The boys in purple will prevail. Mitch was talking out of pocket and he deserves to be proven wrong.
0: I deserve to be proven wrong. And I don't care how out of pocket I was when I made that. I stand by it. And the boys are in
1: fifth. I will take. You no, know, we have to salute that as well. That we, one do. thing. Yeah. If there's one thing we'll never ever fault anyone for on the Main Stand podcast, it's sticking to their guns. That's <laughs> true. Uh, in this one, though, I, every time I've taken Lazio this year, they don't do well for me. So I am going to roll with Inter. The money line's plus one twenty, which is great odds for a team that just won the Serie A last year. So I'm rolling with them. And the match after that, we have, uh, sticking with Italy, Roma, Juventus. It's probably the match in Syria, you know, of the weekend. Juventus obviously started out the season very poorly, but have won three on the bounce. Uh, Roma started off well too, but, you know, they've been mixing in some losses with their results. They haven't been that impressive lately. I think Tammy is a threat to the Juve defense, but the thing with Juventus is really if they can just score. So. Mm Um, I, in this one, I have the Juventus money line for that reason because they have been finding the net more recently and their defense is just consistent. The defense is never the problem. So that's why I think Juventus has the edge here.
2: Um, they, they are the they definitely don't have the goal threat that they used to have anymore. Well, Absolutely yeah. not. The,
1: the, the Dybala hype just kind of died out and Murata isn't your striker. Moyes Keen isn't the striker you need. So, no, But with uh, that, they're do they're
0: you both. think Joe – do you think Jose can, can tactically defend that? Like where they don't have that consistent scoring threat. Yes. They're netting a few goals here and there um, over the last few weeks and kind of picking up some steam. Um, but I, I think R- Jose can tactically handle that with the tools he has.
1: I mean, I he's not going so up against well. an easy Allegri isn't an easy manager to plan. No. against either. No, mm-hmm. he's not. But I think Roma just,
0: Yes, they are starting to to crack a little bit. They haven't been as dominant as they were at the start of the year. Tammy fell off a little bit um, after his hot start. so i I I don't know. I see Jose getting getting on them. It's a big game um, for for two big big clubs so i I do see Jose kind of giving giving Roma the kick in the pants over uh, over Juve here.
1: yeah. And last one, going over to France, Lyon versus Monaco. Um, Monaco's in sixth place right now. I think there's some pr- surprising some people. You know, they have Ben Yedder. They have Kevin Volland, some goal scorers. Um, they're actually, you know, quite talented, you know, through and through. And they're actually the underdog in this match, plus 205, which is huge odds. Uh, you get a huge return on that one. I have the Monaco money line, so them just winning outright. Nice. I nice. And that was I'm talking to goon And that was Uber Eats. All right. So as we come to the end of this episode, uh, as, as many of you may or may not know, the number nine is a very special number in the game of football. It's the striker position. It's a very iconic number. Many people have worn the number nine. Many people have played the number nine role. So to celebrate episode nine of the main stand with our guest Austin here, We're all going to go around and we're going to share our favorite number nines of all time, whether it be they wore the number or they just play the position of striker. Uh, We just kind of want to do this fun little little share share segment here. You know, you can name a couple if you guys want to. I have a couple. I have like my obvious favorite number nine and like a couple honorable mentions just, you know, Share maybe not a hot take necessarily, but just uh, some some fun ideas, shoot some names out there, have a little nostalgia with people. So uh if anybody out there really, really want to get us started, or do you kind
2: of want me to kick things off here? As long I'll as kick Rick us off. yeah, don't let Ricker start because I know what he's gonna say. It's going I
1: off. have a few <laughs> It's
2: Sorry to be angry. Mitch, get uh, us started. <laughs> I have a I have a couple as well. Um,
0: obviously you have your your like overall favorite. And then, like, for me, my club favorite. I have to say probably Fernando Torres would be my club favorite. Just the way he changed the way our club played. He was just fun to watch. So much energy. Always fighting for for 90 minutes. And um, I I think he really was a huge piece to our success um, back, you know, 2008. 12 ish um and then my all-time favorite just because Did you of, say
1: Fernando Torres played for Liverpool in 2012
0: like just the the runoff after that you know what I mean okay. like I no I, you're I, right you're right
1: sorry I, I got just my, yeah up I from just like,
0: when he I'm was bad at bad. the club to just after because <laughs> Luis Suarez coming in you know <laughs> like, like you a, there were was he was a big
1: Chelsea big... fan Yes, that was closeted. hot and ready
0: on that closeted. one. Closeted. <laughs>
1: closeted. I had to think um, about that for a second. I was like, wait, 2012.
0: <laughs> no, just that 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 four-year-ish period. Yeah, um yeah, yeah, and yeah, then okay. and then overall I I think I have to go with Zlatan just because the the fact that he's just done Zlatan for so long. He's just like so such a such a character in the game of football but he also lets his play back it up and I think he's a a gem uh for uh for the game of global football
1: I think Zlatan's a great player I also think he's a fucking fuck I'm sick of Ibrahimovic (laughs) he is but that's why I love him makes you love him more I just wish he'd like shut the fuck up sometimes I don't like him I think he's too arrogant a player yeah, that's never won the champions league. He talks a lot of stick about it. <laughs> yeah, he has got a lot of shit to say when yeah, I so was I so do I when I pulled Fiorentina out of my ass. I I loved his his whole like speaking in third person and, you know, calling himself a lion and shit, but like after a while I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. Stop. <laughs> Please,
2: I'm begging you.
1: Who All wants to right, go next? Austin? Boston, I can. I can guess. go. Why don't
2: you? Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll go. Um, I think club favorite. I think I gotta go with uh, Robbie Keane. That's a good I one. Thought... There. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey. yeah. No. I, I mean, he was always a class player. I I, I think there there not that there's been like much better number nines at Tottenham, but I think he's definitely one of the greatest that we've had. Um. I think my favorite right now, honestly, I think I gotta go with Lewandowski. Um, even though He's you important. know he put, he, he, yeah, he is a freak. He, I mean, you you can say he plays in the uh, in the Bundesliga and the farming league, but I mean, the man scores so many goals; it's it's unreal. He, it's it's almost impossible to stop him. You know, the only so. time he misses is when he posts a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, right now, I think that's got to be for me. I think he's probably one of my favorite to watch. He, he's just always in the right position and he's always getting himself in the right spots. Uh, he's not the fastest player. He's not like beating many people on the dribble, but he, he's very, very smart with what he does and he can finish <laughs> the ball. Yeah. Um, and I think all time, I think I got to go with uh, Alan Shearer. You know? Alan. He, he could get it done on a rainy night at Newcastle. You know, that's that's the saying, right? Pre-money. Pre-money Newcastle. <laughs> Pre-money Newcastle. Newcastle
1: yeah. before the oil money, he was yeah. banging in goals.
2: <laughs> and, and I think they were maybe a little bit better back then, too. But even then, he was... He was tearing it up. Yeah. He's, he's just always been a class player. He
1: did he did play for Newcastle when they had the coolest kits too. So Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So you
1: got you gotta give him extra points for that one. I'm too. into it. I'm into it. Uh Josh, you wanna go or do you want you want me I to go? I can go I can go. Uh all right. right. So I think we're so. I don't think any of us are gonna mention this guy. So I think it's important to say like we're not omitting him. It's just I think we're all in agreement that he's probably like the best. Is R9. Duh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're not
1: we're not gonna say it's like saying taking Michael Jordan number one in an NBA. Draft. Yeah. 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 Silly. Yeah. Of course. Um. So with that being said, my club favorite is Bobby Firmino. The favorite, favorite. He is one of the most unique soccer players I've ever put my eyes on. His movement, defensive work rate, the way he drops down almost in the midfield and lets his wingers, you know, run in front of him. It's something that's you know. Rarely been done to the level that he has been able to do, especially with his assist count. Um, just his flair and finesse, the celebrations. I mean, it's the reasons he's all adored by the cop. Uh, he's just the best,
2: man. It's I love He's the most him. Over- overrated.
1: He- he's not. He's simply not Farwell.
2: <laughs> the, the best, best false nine. He is the defended, best false nine defended, in the- defending, attacking striker. <laughs> Not right
1: now. Uh, a few years ago when I was saying that, when Liverpool were winning the Champions League, every manager would have taken Firmino in their team. Not in the starting 11, in the team. He he was the best false nine in the world at that time. Yeah, his next he was playing right wing. Well, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i I'm yeah, to I'm play just... the nine from the right wing i'm not taking bobby for me no slander tonight okay i uh you know what it's been a really good episode and i have austin here to send all my shit towards yeah so it's two i'm be not two gonna now. say anything <laughs> It's 2v2 now. No, you, you'll you give it to anything. me, but you won't
2: give it back to him. Yeah. Come on.
1: Yeah, you're our guest. I can give it to Josh any time, any episode. I feel like Josh and I could have an argument. I can just have one. You're yeah. here. So I'm going to make my most. I got to make the most of it, you know? Uh, I fine. do want to say historically, I think the number nine at the most influence, Jan Cruyff, uh, you know, Ajax Barcelona legend, both on the field and on the touchline. I mean, he's just, he changed the game of football, like as we know it. Um, yeah, he absolutely revolutionized the game. Yeah. And then my other one, I think I'll I'll call this an honorable mention player. I like to go back and watch games highlights of Robbie Fowler. I mean, just class Liverpool legend. Uh, I think we all can watch that celebration against Everton when he goes on the touchline and pretends to snort it like cocaine and just (laughs) smile and have a good laugh. Uh, He's a fascinating character from talk's death in Liverpool, you know, was raised in a really diverse area and that's kind of where he got his flair and you know, technical ability. And he's a really cool story and uh, a player. I just love to go back and watch.
0: And his nice. hair is always wet.
1: Yes, this is true. That's, yep. I believe he's is managing. I'm not sure if he still is. He was managing in, um, oh, a team named like Bengal something in India. I'm not sure if he still is. Nice. Nice. Um, all right. So I guess it's just on me to close this one out here. Huh, guys? Yes, Absolutely. sir. So... Club favorite and all-time favorite are the same player. Um, I love Sergio Aguero more than I love some members of my family.
2: Aguero! Uh,
1: Everything about him is incredible. He produced, like, the most iconic moment in Premier League history in that, you know, title-winning goal at the last minute. Um, Unfortunately, right now, he is – it feels like a case of, like, when Eden Hazard left the Premier League – People are very quick to forget how good of a player he actually was. You know, it's crazy. One really bad injury season. So like your numbers are funky and people kind of, you know, forget how good you were uh, statistically the best score in premier league history. Um, I absolutely love the guy. He is my favorite player. overall. He, he definitely too.
2: did a ton for city too. while he was, yeah, he,
1: he, him, David Silva and Vincent company were like the three guys that really propelled us to where we are today. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he's in a very short list of, uh, premier league greats. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Uh, adore him. Um, favorite at the moment is, uh, Kareem Benzema. Uh, I think Benzema is arguably the most underrated player of this generation. Um, a lot of the things that he is so good at went super under the radar because he played with Ronaldo all those years at Real Madrid. Um, I just think he's incredible. I think he can do literally everything. I think he's like a dream forward for so, so, so many teams. He can, he can pass the ball. He can hold up play really well. He can score, he can assist. He's like not selfish. He's a very, very, very just good all around forward. And I'm a huge, huge fan of his game. And he's one of those guys who's like peaking in their thirties, really similar to Lewandowski where like they're getting older and they're getting better and uh, unlike ibrahimovic they're not going to the mls they're staying in europe um anyway yeah what is big, that supposed big, to mean big 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 benzema guy uh, it didn't mean anything but you know <laughs> your reaction says enough to me uh big benzema guy i think he's a, a really really good player and my last my last one um i'm not going to share an all time one because everybody's done all time ones i'm going to i'm going to drop a hidden gem a player that like Benzema I feel has not gotten enough credit in these last 10 years and um I'm gonna put my blue back on for this one uh Edin Dzeko is a player who I just I want to point out how journeyed this man actually is FIFA legend won the title with Wolfsburg the season before he came to city right golden boot in in Germany came to city played like kind of a Uh, you know, a primary striker role to Aguero. He is, other than Ronaldo, and he did it before Ronaldo, Cristiano, the first player to score 50 goals in three of Europe's top five leagues, which is, in my opinion, a big accomplishment. I think he has been a very, very good player in all years that he has been a player. Uh, He was really, really important to City, winning the title in 11-12 and in 13-14. When Aguero was injured toward the, the, the latter half of that season, Dzeko stepped up big time. I've always been a really big fan of Ed and Dzeko, so I wanted to to give him his flowers that I feel he deserves when we're talking about number nines that we are big fans of. He was had some big Champions League goals, too. I know when he was playing for Roma, he had some big ones against Liverpool in that semifinal. Yep, and he had uh, against Chelsea. Or not Yeah, he had a, that – what was it? It was like in the top five goals of the season that fucking – Banging volley against yep. Chelsea in the group stage that year. Uh, he had a two goal, was it two goals or a goal and an assist against Barcelona in the comeback too? Yes, he did. I, I believe he's at Inter right now, correct? Yep. yep. He he yep. played a big big role in that too. Yeah, I've I've always been a very big uh, big fan of Eden, my big Bosnian prince.
2: <laughs> yes, sir. He, He's definitely one that slides under the radar. You don't think about him as much anymore. No, I mean being someone who supported City,
1: like obviously, yeah. I'm gonna like say only good things about him kind of similar to like how josh feels about firmino I, I feel it's kind of the same light like not super regarded as like really really quality by some rival fans
2: but like watching him week in week out you really like come to appreciate what he brings he's to The home team. Uh, I, cool. I would argue that he's he's probably qu- more quality than i think i i think more non uh like city fans would agree that he he's like a quality quality striker that's you know proved himself time and time again
1: yeah I but I mean one... at the, in, in this same regard I feel, I feel like Firmino is a, like a very very quality player too but still
2: doesn't really get all of his flowers I think I think I think I would say Jekko's better than
1: uh done it for a lot longer that's for sure yes I, I just he's my Bosnian prince and I love him I, I have one more honorable
0: honorable mention, just purely from celebrations.
1: Crouchy, <sighs> I was gonna show that volley he scored against City. That was insane. Like for for how
0: big and slow of a guy he is, like he knows how to use his body, the way it was built, and the the whip he could put on a ball. And just like just the pure power just because of how long his legs were was insane
1: he's a lengthy lengthy he's boy. a funny guy too has a good podcast hilarious yeah he does if you've never seen the billboard that he put up in england for the peter crouch podcast uh go do that it's really funny 10 out of 10 he like drew it by hand it's like stick figures it's fucking hysterical i think that, that about wraps up, up this week's episode yeah been a fun one el nino episode nine in the books first youtube episode coming yeah also yeah first youtube episode those of you listening at home on spotify or apple podcasts or google podcasts or stitcher or right on anchor uh our you know our our heart our love our first podcasting love of anchor fm um we're on youtube now too Go, go watch the episode live you can
0: look the expansion at our faces is on the expansion is on
1: you can almost email austin at one point in this episode when he turns his <laughs> <the> webcam off <laughs> uh, that does the thing boys
0: nine well, episodes deep and we're just getting started technically 10. yeah
1: <laughs> again i'm sorry okay i'm sorry <laughs> Austin, thanks for coming on, dude. Thanks thanks for coming and shooting the shit with us this week. It was a pleasure having you. Yeah, yeah. thanks, thanks for having me. You can't come on again until Tottenham in the league, though.
2: Yep. <laughs> wow.
1: See you never, buddy.
2: <laughs> you have nobody to talk about your feelings with anymore. Uh, you, you might need to let me back on just to vent eventually. Yeah, we, uh, it, could, uh, uh, it could get rough over here are, like
1: really down bad we can have you back on again
2: yeah <laughs> it'll, it'll be like a truth true therapy session because i've still yeah. got a little bit of hope right now but if it gets bad it's like I'm the gonna... the stages of
1: grief when you hit acceptance <laughs> you can come back on the show
2: <laughs> that's fair
1: all right guys um don't forget to like comment subscribe for those of you watching this on youtube we have to start doing that now yes, and sure. if you're listening Put the um, bell
0: notifications to know when our videos hit youtube
1: fuck yeah do that thing too i have never made a youtube video before this one right here so this is uh we'll get it we'll get it down pat right now this is the uh <laughs> the, the trial run <laughs> thanks for uh, tuning in guys we'll see uh,
0: yeah you all next week deuces fuck yeah